you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Tell it to me straight up. Hello and welcome into the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hale Var- proudly part of the Hale Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith, your boy. My mind is in a million different places. Nebraska had the biggest recruiting weekend, like the history of the program this weekend. Uh, but today I am very happy to be joined by Nebraska staff writer for the Athletic, Mitch Sherman. Mitch, thank you for being on, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. I'm great, Greg. Uh, thanks for having me on. It was a it was a uh... Uh, a busy weekend cap- capped by a, a press conference at a coffee house <laughs> that really didn't break any news, but that was cool. You know, I was really glad that Malachi Coleman did that because so many people have wanted to talk to him and yeah. it was nice to hear from him and, and hear what's going on. So props to, to uh, Malachi and his family for putting that on. Yeah, that was really, it was really interesting. And it the reaction to that, I guess, has run the, the gamut, I guess you can say. Um, I thought it was really cool um, because I totally understand it. And kind of knowing him and his family a little bit, like I understand like the demands on his time, I guess, at yeah. this point. And kind of, and if you think about it, just to break it down for you guys that don't realize, well, first of all, Malachi Coleman, if you don't know, Lincoln East, four-star athlete uh, for the 2023 recruiting class is now being recruited by the world. This time last year, I think his only offer was Northern Iowa. And then it just kind of, really took off from from there where he can now go anywhere in the country that he really wants right and so if you think about it there are a lot of us in the Nebraska media that are after him and, and trying to figure out what's going on with his recruitment but you essentially multiply that times however many schools are recruiting him especially the schools um, that he's really seriously interested in and considering taking official visits to and then you kind of have like national folks that are trying to, to get in there as well so I kind of understand why he did it I also understand how it is that we ended up in a spot where he had to open that press conference by saying that I don't know what people thought but I'm not going to commit because it did feel very much like a commitment announcement going into it yeah I mean well when you show up on a on a on a stage with microphones and you're wearing the gear of the school you just visited (laughs) and the people around you are doing the same and you're in that town I get that it has the feel, but Malachi Coleman and his family never gave the impression mm-hmm. that this was going to be a short process. We know the schools that are after him, that Georgia and Oklahoma and Oregon and the powers around the country that want him. Mm-hmm. It would have been a shocker if he took one visit, one official visit to Nebraska and said, OK, I'm done. It may well be the place that he ends up. And the way that he talks about Mickey Joseph, I think if Nebraska shows – what he hopes and what Nebraska fans hope that they show this fall in 2022, it's likely that he ends up in Lincoln picking Nebraska over all of those places. But there are some things that still have to fall into place. So, you know, um, I'm one of those people who have tried, and as I'm sure you are, to talk to Malachi on the record during this process ahead of his visit. 
And, you know, he has politely declined because if he says yes, then he's got to do a million of those things. So I appreciated getting the note yesterday that he was going to uh, to do that. I was coaching uh, my 11-year-old on the baseball field and then getting rained on right before mm-hmm. that thing happened. So I was able to join on a, on a live stream that they yep. provided, even, even better. I mean, the whole thing, I thought it was great that they did it, and it was good to hear from him and kind of know where he stands. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Hey guys, before we get to Coach Speak, I've got a fantastic opportunity for you to work for a rapidly growing company that enjoys the benefits earned with having a competitive, stable history of over 20 years, FCS Edge. FCS Edge is a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe, including European Patent Office, the German Trademark and Patent Office, plus the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Their team is constantly growing and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out available jobs today at www.jobsatfsc.com. That's www.jobsatfsc.com. Now, each week we uh, have a couple of segments that are mainstays of the show. Uh, The first one is called Coach Speak, where we go over something that a coach, player, or a talking head said, and then we give you the straight up breakdown of what they meant. Coach Speak to Real Talk. Um, now, this week comes courtesy of someone who's appeared on, on the show with various quotes uh, talking about his family uh, down at LSU, Brian Kelly. He had this to say, quote, I just think we're in a different place, Kelly said, uh, when it came to the administration at Notre Dame. Uh, the administration felt like they were in a position where they had done what they needed to do. I felt like there was more that needed to be done, and I was fine with that decision. They will continue to move their program forward. My clock was just in a different place. He went on to say, this happens everywhere in life. This was not in antagonistic there was no bitterness but it's just at my clock and in terms of what i need to see happen was at a different time but they'll get to those things it's just the opportunity opened up here at the same time it's time and place and this opportunity is one that i felt like i just needed to take so mitch what did all of that mean from brian kelly let's break that down yeah um okay i'll stick that into the translator Uh, (laughs) that means that means i tried and failed multiple times to beat alabama and clemson while at Notre Dame. It means my former school is not going to do what it takes to give me access to enough of <laughs> the players that will win those games consistently. And LSU will. LSU will do everything. And LSU will pay me $100 million. So that's the end of the discussion. Yeah, like I, I think that it's really, to me, this one is really clear on, on what he's trying to say. It's all of those things. And I think the this is one of those weird things in college football that where Notre Dame is obviously like a power player in the sport, but they operate in a different way than basically every other one of those power players in the sport, right? And so it, you do run into a situation where there are, it be, whether it be the academic standards or or just kind of the optics around things of what Notre Dame will allow to have to go on to make their football program the best it can possibly be. And you don't have those same roadblocks at, say, LSU, obviously, Alabama, USC, Texas. Some of these other schools are willing to look the other way on a number of things in a way that Notre Dame just isn't willing to do. Well, and I think as we move more into the transfer portal era and, and even the NIL era, although I'm sure Notre Dame, I know Notre Dame is, is jumping in with NIL. Hmm. There are going to be schools that find loopholes that continue to push the envelope in ways that Notre Dame is going to be slow to do, that Notre Dame is more comfortable with. Notre Dame wants to win and do it in an idealistic way 
that, um, you know, harkens back to uh, 70 years ago. And, you know, we just live and watch college football in a much different time. LSU has none of those limitations. Whatever it sees Alabama do, whatever it sees Clemson or Tennessee or Michigan or Texas do or Ohio State, LSU is going to try to do that bigger and better and in, 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 in a hurry. So there you go. That's that's why Brian Kelly's in in, uh, in a strange uh, place right now, which is uh, you know Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I- We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Cannot wait to, I don't know about you, but I can't, that's one of the, like, it's just like things outside of Nebraska that I can't wait to see unfold. Like how that whole thing with Brian Kelly and LSU goes, it's just really interesting to me. Like I am interested in how Marcus Freeman kind of takes Notre Dame in a different direction and pushes them forward. Uh, But the whole Brian Kelly experiment, I guess, has the, the possibility of really blowing up because a couple things are true about LSU. You can win a national championship there for sure. The last few coaches have done that but you can also get fired in a hurry because they've also done that so i it's it's just a really fascinating place yeah i don't imagine it's going to be quite as awkward behind the scenes as it's been out front on some of the public facing (laughs) material that lsu has has uh, produced with brian kelly in these early months of his time in baton rouge but if it's anywhere close to that then this this thing is destined to fail but he's a good coach and yeah i think he's going to find a way to make himself fit there if at all possible. I'm just not sure if that's possible. <laughs> right. That that That's the problem with it. Now, Mitch, one of the things I wanted to get to you uh, today with, too, and the main reason I wanted to have you on, is that Nebraska has under, undergone quite the change <laughs> this offseason, right? And it's something that, as the, the closer we get to the season, I don't know about you, but the more I think about just how many things have are now different with this program based on where it was when the final buzzer hit for the Iowa game, right? You've got, you know, four new assistant coaches. You are on the offensive side of the ball and Bill Bush. You've got 15 transfers that come in. I think it's 18 newcomers, including junior college players. Um, you, you just now basically settled the roster and, and it's now June, right? So to my, my question, I want to start this discussion here is this, are people underestimating how big of an undertaking this is? Is to make all of these changes and then hit the ground running this season in a must-win season? I think some people are. Um, I'm, I'm trying not to. Uh, it's <laughs> something that I've thought about quite a bit. 
since this whole process started in late November. I mean, I mean, really, it started after the Ohio State game when yeah. on the Monday after the Ohio State game when when, when Scott Frost um, made the offensive coaching staff changes that he did when when Trev Alberts made the announcement that Scott Frost would return mm-hmm. under some different conditions in, in 2022. It started then and then really picked up speed in December. And from the beginning, one of the concerns for Nebraska that I've had is, okay, how is this thing going to all come together in the locker room? And you throw in um, the NIL aspect, which I think is always going to be, um, you know, a, a possible point of contention for, for any team, not just Nebraska. I mean, you can go to the, the most functional college football program in America, the most well-run um you know, perfectly operating machine mm-hmm. and you throw NIL and all of its complexities into that picture and it's going to have the possibility of, of stirring up some some problems. So right. you put that in at Nebraska um, on top of the fact that you have 15 Division One transfers who are all coming in, Greg, as you know, with the expectation of play. None of these right. guys <laughs> other Division One schools and say, okay, I'm going to sit for a year, you know, possibly with the quarterback. I mean, they, they both – they. I think Chubba Purdy understands um, that, you know, there's a path for him with four years of eligibility left, that if Casey Thompson is the guy, which it appears will be the case, that he he may not be as impatient as most of the others. But really, Mm -hmm. almost all of these guys are going to be impatient. That's why you enter the transfer portal to begin with in in many cases. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, it, they're going to have to to really earn their their salaries. Um, the the coaches will and the support staff and all of the pieces that uh, that Scott Frost has put um, into into place to, to kind of help make this thing work outside of the of the roster pieces. Um, they 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 have they have their work cut out for them absolutely to make this a uh, you know a locker room that that is harmonious um you know i, I you see uh, you have potential pitfalls really all over the place at position at different position groups yeah you absolutely do and and one of the things too and that and, and i'm glad you mentioned nil um and, and the transfers because to me those things go together right and the the reason is is that not only and you're correct not only do those guys want to come in and play right away that's why they were in the portal nebraska was able to use nil in a way that you know the top dogs in the sport are doing it right now which is good for the program you got to get those players here but what i wonder about is that when you combine some of those nil deals and and listen you we're never going to know if some of those figures that are floating around are actually true but even if they're close to being true when you combine that with the number of portal guys you've brought in. And oh, by the way, you have players already on the roster that are now being jumped by those players that have now come in and either gotten those NIL deals or come in um, just via the transfer portal a traditional way. And those guys that are already on the team, it would stand to reason that they're looking around like, wait a second. Like I, I thought I was next in line. Like what like there could end up being that sort of and that's and that's where I think that you can run the danger of messing up locker room chemistry or popping up new um, issues because it's not as if things have been harmonious to begin with, right? Like you could see it to where if they don't get off to a hot start, it could really go sideways for them, which is why I really think that this is going one of two ways. It's either going to be great or it's going to be awful. Like there, I don't think there's going to be a real in-between. Hey, as a, as a, a writer, um, you know, I have to say that that, that sounds okay. Uh, right. Just from the standpoint that, that I, you know, I want the story to be interesting. And you know what's not interesting at Nebraska right now? 
another season like what we've seen, not necessarily last year, because last year was pretty devastatingly bad at three and nine. But, you know, you get in that six and six range, that five and seven range and you're, where you're in limbo and all of a sudden there are more hard decisions to be made. I think Nebraska fans have a certain level of patience and it's very, very high. Um, but it's also it's also starting to wane and mm-hmm. you know, five consecutive losing seasons. If you get in, in, into the into a spot where there's another one, but it's not so bad that change is obvious. That's where apathy starts to set in. Mm-hmm. And th- that's that's just a difficult place for any college football program to be. Look, you know, and going back to that NIL discussion, I mean, it, money is, is kind of the root of all evil. Um, it's you know, an, an old saying. And I don't know why we would expect it to be any different for uh, 19 to 23 year olds. You know, these guys are going to understand what uh, the, the player next to them in the locker room is earning uh, via NIL. And it's it's idealistic to say, oh, if we have this team attitude and the culture is right, then that's not going to create a problem. You know, go look at any workplace in America. That's out the window. It does create a problem if there is um, unfair inequity. And there is going to be unfair inequity just because of the way that NIL has seeped into recruiting. There's going to be a player who comes in at Nebraska and other places around the country who is earning a large chunk from NIL, but playing behind someone who's been loyal and has returned to that program and isn't getting anywhere near what that player who came in through the portal is getting. And that's, that's, that's going Mm -hmm. to create hard feelings. So what's your leadership like internally with the players, with the coaches, how are you going to, how are you going to police that? How are you going to navigate those issues and prevent that from being something that keeps you from reaching your, your potential on the field on Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is something that and I don't necessarily I wouldn't necessarily blame hard feelings being felt about that type of situation either. And I think the great equalizer, though, and all of that, even though it will still kind of crop up either way, if your team is winning, that will mm-hmm. help that right that will kind of For keep sure. some of that at bay the same reason same way that like some of the like the transfers stuff kind of gets kept at bay if your team is winning and they're producing NFL players because they know that hey like a guy at Ohio State for the most part knows that like a defensive back at Ohio State knows for the most part that if they wait their turn they're going to go they're going to play well and then they're going to go to the NFL right that carrot at the end of the stick ends up helping but if you don't have that then you can really run into some issues now one of the other things too is that and we hit on this a a, a little bit but I want to go deeper into it is that the coaching staff and how they have to come together quickly this offseason I think to me is a really underrated part of what's happening this offseason for Nebraska and I think rightfully so a lot of headlines have gone to and talk has gone to the player situation and NIL and all of that and that's worthy but you have a coach in Scott Frost who has I know I described this. It's not always been known as a great communicator. And you're going to have to button that up really fast across a staff now that has a lot more experience and can be a, probably is a lot more strong willed behind the scenes. That part of that group meshing together is going to be fascinating to me this year. Yeah, I like on the defensive and special team side of it, obviously not as much change on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. You really just have Mike Dawson adding some responsibility. Um, I, I like where they're at and, and how I project that thing to come together. And on special teams, because Bill Bush is such a good communicator and is so detail-oriented, 
I think the transition will go smoothly for him to take over special teams mm-hmm. and to delegate responsibilities. I think Nebraska will be a much improved special teams organization. Now, that's that's <laughs> an interesting thing to say with how bad it has been the past okay. few years, but I really do think that they have unlocked the key to success on special teams by bringing in Bill Bush in in this role. Offensively, it's a much different conversation, and it may work, but there's a lot of hurdles to overcome in much the same way that we talked about the locker room and meshing the transfers in and the newcomers in with the existing players or the returning players. Um, Mark Whipple's offensive system, Mark Whipple calling plays, Mark Whipple's passing schemes, his quarterback, um, you know, his style of, of, of pass blocking meshed with what Scott Frost wants to do in being a physical unit that moves the line of scrimmage with the offensive line and how he implemented that with Donovan Rayola right away in spring practice. That is extremely interesting to me to see how those two things come together. How much will Scott Frost be involved in dictating everything that Nebraska does in the run game? And with that, does Mark Whipple's offense fit into that into that system can you do those two things simultaneously yeah that's going to be a really key thing to be able to watch unfold and and we've got a lot of time to see it happen it's going to be fascinating now the spirit of performance is what defines acura and now it's electric introducing the zdx acura's most powerful suv yet crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple imsa championships The ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Every week we end the show with a segment that's my favorite one of the week called Put Them on Blast, where we put someone on blast or something that they did or said. I'm going to let the guests go first as usual this week. So Mitch, who do you got? Put them on blast. Yeah, so I'm putting Greg Sankey in the SEC on blast. Um, Maybe you've gotten to this in the past, and if so, I apologize. But, you know, I think it's probably worth bringing them up again for their continued holier-than-thou attitude about the SEC's spot in college football. I would say to the SEC leaders, you're so frustrated with the movement toward an expanded college football playoff that you're going to now talk, as they did in late May, about going to your own college football playoff, I would say go ahead. And why not just join the NFL while you're at it? Be a junior division of the NFL. Maybe the winner of your college football playoff can play the Super Bowl champ. 
let's see how that goes for you, SEC. But, you know, the frustrating thing here, Greg, is that the SEC is the entity that actually blew up the accelerated talk of playoff expansion one year ago when it decided to secretly work with Oklahoma and Texas to join its own league. You know, I know those kind of conversations can't be had in public, but don't act like you're better than everyone else in fighting for the, the good of the sport when clearly the SEC is out entirely only to make the SEC stronger. That is a very worthy blast. And we have got, we have gotten to them in a roundabout way. And it's funny because my first thought on where I wanted to go was also about the SEC and it relates to NIL, because I don't know if you also saw the story where there, Greg Sankey also the same week um, talked about them being able to rein in NIL and have their own regulations about it um, to which basically every lawyer attorney out there said this would be struck down in court um, resoundly and swiftly. Um, And so, because that, was essentially in the original Austin ruling that, you know, there would be less oversight. Um, and so the SEC's role in college football and their outside role in college football already bothers fans all over the country. Um, but I really think that it is reaching a boiling point to where they have an, like just an overinflated self of worth of where they are in the sport. And it's just ridiculous to see some of the things that come out of this as, oh, by the way, they have as much infighting as they possibly can. Uh, within their coaches like it's, it's just an incredible thing to see unfold um, and so for all of those reasons and more we're both putting the SEC on blast and it's well deserved it's like you're standing out in front of your house that's burning to the ground telling everyone else how they need to be safe you know how they need to <laughs> right. stay safe and pre- prevent disasters from happening you know the SEC I, I get the feeling that the SEC thinks that it should ju- collectively as a unit should just be in charge of college football, you know, and in this, there's, there's a vacuum of a leadership undoubtedly in, in not just college football, but in college sports in general. So, Hey, you know, maybe the SEC should just take a crack at it and be and, and try to be in charge of the whole thing and, and see how that goes. My guess is it wouldn't be great. Yeah, my guess is they would drive uh, everyone off of a cliff as well. Uh, But that's going to do it for us this week. Subscribe to the podcast everywhere you listen to them. Rate us and leave us a five-star review. If you leave four, I'm inclined to think you're a hater and nobody wants that. Make sure that you're checking out the other podcasts on the Hill Varsity Network, the Mind Your Own Podcast, Varsity Club, Nebraska Preps Post Game Show, and the Hill Varsity Radio Show. Also, make sure you're checking out the Hill Varsity YouTube page. I'm back on there with plenty of recruiting content and also on hillvarsity.com. You can catch us on Twitter at Greg Smith. HB and at Mitch Sherman. I will catch y'all next week. A Huda Media Production.